Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Hamilton. Changing it up. Heather B. Armstrong here. <laughs> Heather B. Armstrong, Hamilton, Hither. Come hither, Heather Armstrong. <laughs> that, that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't have the same no. ring. Today, we're actually not going to talk about last names. We could, we could probably talk more about names, but we're going to kind of do a, a semi, a semi-information download slash discussion of, of issues while raising children. Just the general issues that come up, like, 46 times a day. The general issues of being in a situation like ours, where children are having to deal with specific emotions that are generated from the circumstances of our situations. For instance, my children will be spending seven, almost seven weeks, we've mentioned this, seven weeks of their summer away from home. And what that does, you know, the idea of that for them and what that does and in terms of how they cope with life and, yeah. Am I being cryptic enough? <laughs> well, just the, the issues that arise as a result of having to, to having to be that age and divide time, whether it's a cross country or a different house or Having whatever. to be that age and they only see their father on FaceTime every now and then. Being that age and knowing that their father is living 2,500 miles away with two other children. Or being at that age and knowing that his mom took time off work to do something other than spend time with him. Exactly. Just like as an example. Exactly. These issues. Because it's kind of a lot to process. And I think we've talked about this before, like some of these issues we can't really process, the why behind it. But as an adult, you're kind of able to get past that anyway, like recognize that you, you just can't understand it. But for a kid, it's different. They want to understand it whether they, they want to consciously or not. They want to understand it? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Lita asks me questions a lot. I have to be I have to be as diplomatic as I possibly can be, given, you know, that... <sighs> I'm just going to laugh. Sometimes it's just really damn hard, honestly. Like last night, I'll just, I'll just use this as an example. My internet went out last night. I used Comcast. And Comcast has been, I've had phone service with Comcast as well. I have tried and I thought I was successful. Like I've done it probably 17 times. I have taken John Armstrong's name off of the account. But I think that if you do call and a voicemail picks up, it, it says like John Armstrong. I have attempted to have his name and number removed from my Comcast account again and again and again and again. I've gone online and done it. I've talked to seven different Comcast agents on the phone about it. And yesterday, the internet was out. I called Comcast. They said that there was an outage. 
would I like a text or a phone call when it came back up? And I said, please call this number. And I gave them my cell phone number. And they said that the outage should be fixed by 7.30 and 8 o'clock rolls around and I don't see see anything. So I call Comcast again. Lita and I are approaching the hour where we watch Felicity together. It's a very, you know, important part of our day because we get to talk about some sort of issue in life. And she loves the show and she loves that time with me. And if we don't have the internet, we don't have TV. So I call Comcast and he says, well, it shows that the internet is back up. Let's take a look at your modem. And so I unplugged the modem and plugged it back in. And I said, weren't you guys supposed to call me when when it got fixed? And he said, well, it shows here that we did. And I said, well, what number did you call? Uh, what number did they call? Did they seriously call him and tell him that it was back up? Uh-huh. Did he answer? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it would have been nice if he had been called or texted to have said something to me. The guy on the phone said, we called and left a message. So even if he didn't answer, he could have probably guessed what yeah. it was for. I, I mean, honestly, it doesn't make sense that they can't just remove I I have tried. And I, I, I honestly, I'm sure his name is still on there. <laughs> even though the guy last night removed it, he said, I'm removing it right now. I'm like, uh-huh. You guys are going to call him again the next time my internet goes down. Yeah. yeah. Totally a different scenario. Like, I... I have changed Lexton's address with his school probably five or six times over the last two years. And they keep sending shit to somewhere that none of us live anymore. Uh-huh. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've even like gone in in person and written it down. Like this is, this is where we live. <laughs> they don't do it. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what else to do. Thankfully, we know the people that live, like it's, we're able to get the mail, but it is beyond me. I even said to the guy on the phone last night, cause he was being really, he was being a really nice agent. I said, you know, if he would just text me and let me know, like, I'm sure he's probably angry thinking that I haven't had his name removed. Like, he, he, he could probably be very upset about that. When I have tried and tried and tried and tried again and again and again, I don't want his name on my Comcast account. But if he could at least just text me and say, hey, Comcast called me or texted me and I've got a message here that your internet is back up. I just want to let you know, can you have my name removed? Like, any any sort of like gesture like that would be really, really, really appreciated. But no. It's asking a lot, really. Yes. So. You'd think it would be preferable for him to just not have to deal with it. So to tell you would actually help. Uh-huh. Maybe it would take an extra three seconds now, but then it won't ever happen again. Well, except that Comcast is not going to, Comcast is not going to remove his name. No. <laughs> but at least then, you know, you you would be able to say, I've tried to change it. I'll try again. And that way, if it happens again. Mm-hmm then he's theoretically aware. It was actually, like, I think he was so mad about it. That was one of the things in our mediate, in our second mediation. Like, he brought it up in that mediation. And that's how serious I was about getting it done, was he wanted his name removed from all the accounts, which was fine with me. When you have an account, like, with AT&T and with Comcast, and then, and at the time with DirecTV, these contracts were so old, and I had been with them for so long under the name John Armstrong, him being the lead, because John handled all the bills. That was his, you know, role in the business. So his name was on every single bill. So in our second mediation, he was like, he wants his name removed from everything. And I was like, that's great. I am trying. <laughs> like, I have tried. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, shit. Yeah, there's a lot. But like Com- Comcast, I, for some reason, can't get his name off of it. It's a, It's one of those frustrating sort of things you run up against in these situations where, yep, 
you, he said, we called this, you know, 80171. And I was like, yep, that's my ex. <laughs> I said to the guy on the phone, he's like, oh, okay. It's one of those awkward conversations with a, with a Comcast agent. He goes, and he said to me, he said, you think he could just at least text you and let you know? <laughs> he said that? Yes. Yeah, well, that... Yes, you would think so. But, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe maybe they didn't call him. Maybe he didn't get a text. Maybe he didn't get a voicemail. So we'll call that a minor one until the internet goes down again. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be the key if it happens a lot and he gets called a lot. Then maybe, maybe. <laughs> they called him. I know this. They called him when they were showing up to install it in my house when I moved into the house. Because two days later... He called me and said, oh, by the way, Comcast left a message that they were installing something. This is two days after. Like after they've already been there. Yes. Well, you know, maybe they were late. My Comcast guys are never on time. And I just want to say, and I just, this is, this is all I want to say is I'm sorry that I can't get your name removed from this account. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't. It's not my fault. I've tried. I've tried so hard. That's our Comcast tangent. That is our ex-wife Comcast tangent. <laughs> That's right. I haven't I haven't dealt with that. I do I do routinely get emails from her bank that she's oh, made deposits. No. I they don't show they don't show actually any worthwhile like it's it's not money, it's just this account ending in these four digits. Here's deposit activity. Like generally speaking, there have been deposits you need to log in because we shared accounts and then I got new accounts and she kept the old ones. I have told her a dozen times. Like, I can't see the money, but I keep getting these emails like multiple every week and I, I don't want them. But I can't do anything about it because it's not my account. So it's kind of the reverse situation. I am mm-hmm. I am letting her know and it is still happening. Yeah, she needs to take care of that or at least try to take care of that, right? Something. I mean, it's not like it's sensitive information. I know the last four digits of those accounts because they were my accounts and I can't see the money. So it's not any any like privacy thing i just don't but want it's, them yeah you just you don't want that notification you just don't just want don't that need it. Yeah. right yeah you don't need that in your life i understand that i understand that he doesn't want to get called when my internet goes back goes down or goes back up i understand that completely i understand that frustration i do totally i 100 percent. but you're trying and they're not I'm trying they're not really working with you there is some glitch in that system that keeps his name on that, that wants John Armstrong's name on my Comcast account. Divorce is forever. Divorce with Comcast children is trying to help. Is forever. <laughs> yeah, there's no escaping it. But how is that like six week, seven week trip weighing on Lita and Marlo? I mean, Lita has a camp, so she's kind of excited. Lita is going to six weeks of camp. She's so excited. She could not be more excited. I couldn't be more excited for her. What's really great about that camp, by the way, is that. There is no phone, there is no tablet, there is no device for six weeks. She has to basically use her brain in in her hands in ways that don't involve a computer. I think it's awesome. So she can't call home at all? She can call home. Um, when it was three weeks, there was one day that she could be on the phone. So probably there will be two days where she can talk on the phone. Like they will like they have a phone that all the kids can use? Yes. Like they, okay. Mm-hmm. And if she gets sick, she can call. Like last year, um, she got a sore throat or something or got a fever and she was able to call me and I called him the insurance and they're good about that. 
Marlo has been going to weekly therapy sessions with a magnificent, like a, he's a miracle worker. And she has come so far this year in, in terms of me being able to drop her off at school. I, I still walk her to the door, but I can, she will go in the classroom. She doesn't cry. She doesn't cling to me. She's come really, really, really far. And then in the last month and a half, she has just been losing her mind when confronted with any sort of hard task. The main two hard tasks in her life are math and piano. I may have mentioned that I have hired a teenager to come every Saturday to help Marlo through her lesson on Saturday so that when I practice with Marlo the rest of the week, Marlo has at least gotten through the songs and understands what she's doing because there's only so much that I can, she and I are like kryptonite to each other when she's doing that. Has that helped? Like the the teenager? It has. Well, it had helped tremendously. So it was, she was a lifesaver because I would sit down with Marlo and Marlo, Marlo wasn't losing her mind. But in the last month and a half, we sit down to practice piano and it literally is the worst 30 minutes of the day. She is tortured. She's tortured by it. Just physically, the, the pain, like the physical pain of it, she, she's wringing her, she's squeezing her hands and she's like tearing at her hair and she is pounding the keys. And I, I looked at her and I was like, we don't have to do this. I don't want this for your life. I don't want this for my life. I don't want to put you through this if you don't want to do this. And she cries even harder and says, but I love piano. But she just doesn't want to do running up against the hard part of it is so frustrating to her. And the same thing goes with math, where when when she's introduced to a concept, that concept initially is so frustrating for her that the physical pain of it is expressed outwardly. And it just happened in the last month and a half when I talked to her therapist about it. And he said, well, when have you have you figured out your summer plans? And I said, yes. And he said, when did you figure that out? And I said, the last month and a half. And he goes, huh, Heather. That's <laughs> <laughs> his response. Oh, like wow. how many therapists in my life have been like, huh, Heather. <laughs> he said, why don't we, next time she comes in, why don't we explore her feelings about you know, what she's going to be doing. And because there is a, sorry that I'm talking a lot, but this has been sort of all consuming this last week and a half. Lita is very protective of her sister and not in a bad way. She is just, she is the best older sister that ever lived. She loves that kid. She takes the abuse, you know, she listens to the craziness and she just takes up for the kid. And, listens to her stories and she's so good with her. And not only will Marlo be away from me for seven weeks, she's going to be away from Lita. And I am trying not to show anxiety about that in front of Marlo. Cause I don't want Marlo to feel it, but Oh fucking hell. Do I have anxiety about the fact that she will not be with Lita for six weeks? Well, that's every piece of her. I mean, every piece of her foundation, her normal everyday routine foundation will be gone because it, she'll be out of your house. You will not be there and Lita will not be there. Not that she doesn't love her father. Like that's not the issue here at all, but every part of her day to day will be gone. Every part of it. Yes. That's huge. And in New York, she sleeps on an air mattress on the floor 
And here she's got this, you know, she's got a nice bedroom. She's got her own space. She has her alone time. And there that's hard to get just from a space issue. And so I have a lot of, I mean, and there's nothing that I can do about it. Like I can, I could express some concerns and I could say, but once she's out of my hands, you know, it's sort of got to give it up to God. (laughs) Once they're out of the house, it doesn't really matter what you do or say. Not, not that sounds, maybe that's too extreme, but that's kind of the truth. Like what happens there is what happens there. Right. It is. I'm so I'm so hyper clued into my kids so that when there's any sort of disruption in the way they're reacting to things, I'm always like, why is she reacting this way when she wasn't reacting this way last week? And sometimes, John, I'm going to be completely honest about this. And we don't really talk too much about poop on this podcast. (laughs) That's about to change. (laughs) Sometimes. She just needs to take a shit. Seriously. Like sometimes she just needs to poop and she's fine. I'm so clued into her mood about things that there was a about a month ago she was just having the worst day ever just and I didn't I couldn't figure out like everything was going wrong and she wouldn't eat dinner and she was angry and she didn't want to read before bed and and then the next morning she got up and before she even ate breakfast she's just like it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt and I was like oh honey and she took I don't care that people are gonna get mad at me for talking about my kid taking shits I don't care She took, literally, I don't know how it fit in her body. I don't know how it fit in her body. Literally, like, six toilet bowls full of shit. And after that, she was just, like, she was singing like a bird. She was so happy. She was glorious. And she was, like, running around kissing Lita and kissing Coco and dancing around as if the world was amazing. And I was like, that is what was wrong with you yesterday. You need to poop. (laughs) But what was like the catalyst for that, though? I mean, is it the anxiety and the stress? Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. then, so then you've got like the mental, the mental challenge of it. Yeah. And the physical manifestation of that. The physical manifestation of that. Yeah. That's tough. Well, you know, and you, it's tough. It's tough for anybody in any situation. It's really tough when you're the one who's supposed to remember to put Miralax in her drink every day and you've forgotten for the past two days or the past three days. And then you realize, shit, that was my fault. Right. Uh-huh. I wasn't on top of that. It's your fault in the sense that you didn't add it. But again, I go back to what's the real, what's the root of it? Yeah. Is that, and I don't know. I mean, the, the Miralax is like a Band-Aid. Not that, not that you're doing anything wrong. Not that like... You're not trying to fix it, but I think if it's rooted in that anxiety, then that's just kind of a temporary thing anyway. Well, so let me ask you this question. Like, how does, you guys don't have to split up Lexton during the summer, do you? Well, no, you have to take care of him the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much the entire time. (laughs) There have been some different plans tossed around, but. So how does he do with, how is he doing with Robert? I, I think it's kind of the same as it's always been, where it's Robert is kind of like a, a peer, a friend his age. Like that's the relationship, that's the dynamic that they have, which 
after two years seems a little strange, but it is it is what it is. I mean, I've ne- I've never been a step step parent. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge, but I for just numerous different reasons. I'm not a huge fan of them being together with just them. Like just just Lexton and Robert. So that obviously creates a challenge. And it's not it's something that I can't really prevent. I mean Right. Again, if he's there and that's what happens and that's what happens. And so let let's explore that for a second. So why are you uncomfortable with it? Uh I guess because I don't oh wow. Um don't be diplomatic about it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how he can be a functioning adult without a driver's license, a car, or a job. Okay. That is beyond my comprehension. And that makes me not really trust him as as a good role model, as someone who I... I mean, even if I, if I look at Summer and Lexton is over there and Heather's at work and something happens, he doesn't have a car. Like, not I'm, not that I sit around every day and just worry about everything, but... But he doesn't have a car. He does, Like, that to me is just, you just have a car. Like, I don't care if it's a nice car. You don't need to have an amazing car. Just a car. There's enough, there are enough things about him. And admittedly, I don't know a lot about him. And I've, I've had this, I, I can actually really call it a discussion because we've had this conversation without it getting terribly nasty, where I don't, not, I don't know him well enough to really, like, establish a full picture Every piece about him that I do know is not good, and nothing has changed that. So it's kind of hard for me to be okay with with that because you know that's I've talked to talked to Heather about summer and what we're going to do because it's basically I he's with me the whole time, mm-hmm. but I work and that's a challenge. And she said, "Well, he can maybe he can come over and have days with Robert." I'm like, "Ah, yeah, but I don't know." You kind of want a basic level of problem solving skills in place yes i want to feel like the person that he's spending time with can handle issues if they arise right and i don't think that's the case even even outside of the transportation i think what would happen is something would come up and he would immediately call heather which is fine but i'm about 15 minutes closer than she is and her job is not exactly easy to answer the phone so that's if she answers so then he's with let's say he's with robert and something happens and he calls her and she doesn't answer. So then what? Would he call you? Hell no. There's no, God, no. I, I don't know what he would do, honestly. Okay, well, that's scary then. He has my number. I mean, I have his number on my phone. Okay, like, this is actually a very scary scenario. It is. That's why I don't, that's why I'm not a big fan of it. Again, maybe there are things about him that are great, but <laughs> I just got to give someone the benefit of the doubt. But all of the things I know are not. And nothing has, I've, I've taken, at least on three separate occasions, I have, I have told Heather, even even emailed her just so that it was like something that would just stay there and simmer for a while that the three of us, you know, her and Robert and I need to sit down and figure this stuff out and talk about it. It's never happened. And I, I'm not going to keep pushing it because I don't have the time to do that. But it's not that it will just never happen. And all of a sudden, one day I'm going to say, oh, you know what? I'm fine with it now. That that won't happen. Right. So from from Lexton's perspective... It's it's fine. It's not good or bad. It just is. He's there. They do things together. And, you know, I've told him repeatedly, like, if you, you're allowed to have fun with him. Like, I don't think one way or the other. Like, I hope you have a great time over there. You know, I've never, I've, I, I have taken the high road with him, oh, my God, every single time. And it's super challenging. <laughs> but it just, the way that I have always put it to people is if all of a sudden tomorrow Robert was gone, it would take Lexton like three days to get over that. And those would be an easy three days. Like, I, I don't think that he, he adds 
enough value in his life for it to be significant. I tried to keep that as diplomatic as possible. <laughs> you did a really, really good job, actually. I was letting you I was letting you get it all out in your diplomatic way of getting it all out to say, I'm fucking scared shitless of my child being over there because this person doesn't have techniques in order to solve a problem. And I yeah. wish he did. At this point, like, that would be so damn helpful mm-hmm. if he did. I mean, if, if he worked from home and we could swap days a couple times a week or if he worked a shift that allowed him to have Lexton over there for, I mean, it would be great if it worked out where he could be over there and I could feel comfortable with it. But the reality is that that's just not the situation. Right. And I don't really want Lexton over there for an entire day. No, I, I totally understand. It's a valid, valid concern. I mean, who doesn't have a car? He doesn't have a car. I just, how do you not have a car? Oh, because they share one? Is that what they're doing? They no, share I, the car? I'm oh, he doesn't have a driver's license? fairly confident that he still does not have a license. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. So maybe they share a car. That's her call. If he drives and uh, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. But even if they share a car, she's gone all day. But you don't want your child being driven by someone who doesn't have a valid driver's license. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. No. Wow. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't have that going on with my kids, you know, at all. Yeah. No, I don't have that concern. I mean, Lita and I share a lot of the same traits when it comes to... uh, beauty products and clothes and like we don't wear she doesn't wear any makeup she doesn't want to wear makeup she she wants plain t-shirts she wants plain pants she's like you know what she's like i I love liz liz is amazing but liz does want me she she often tries to like get me to buy like pink shirts or things that have a lot of patterns and and like so my only concern is like hey maybe don't push lita into buying like a flowery blouse (laughs) right but but you're able to know that if she's at their their place in new york alone with just liz she can handle something oh oh, yeah yeah i i have every confidence liz is a liz is an amazing person and she's she's loves her children and i know that she loves my children as well and i have no concern there at all no see that would that would be just awesome i know that'd be that'd be nice both of our situations have things where it's like, I envy you and you envy me. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I think part of the challenge, too, on my end, is that it's hard. It has been impossible for me to convey to Heather that it it, it has nothing to do with animosity. And I think I've said this to you before. Like, it sounds really weird, but I don't, 
I don't like him enough to hate him. Like right. I, he, he doesn't factor into my life enough for me to put in that energy to dislike him. So it's not that I sit home and think I hate him for all of these things and I don't want Lexton around him. It's just all of these things that are laid out on the table are, are things where even if none of this relationship stuff had happened, I wouldn't really want to hang out with that person. And I wouldn't want my kid with that person. Mm-hmm. And I wish it wasn't that. I wish this could kind of get resolved and there was some sort of normal state, but it's just not where it's at. And it has nothing to do with, with any animosity that I have. It's just concern. It's almost like you have like a, I hate to reduce it to this. It's almost like you have like a door in your house that's like broken and can't get fixed. And you're just like, I got to go close that door again. I got to go close that door again. And you have to like, and every person who comes into your house, you're like, no, that door won't close. I got to go close it again. It's like this bothersome thing that you have to deal with. And you don't hate the door. You don't hate life about the door. You're just like, I have this fucking door that won't close. Excuse me for one second while I go close the door. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, and but it's it's like that, but someone else has the tools to fix the door, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they won't. And not, not even to fix it, but just to kind of address it or explain why the door is like that. And I can't, you right. know, that I think that's where it's, that's where it's tricky. Yeah. And it's, I think there's also a weird dynamic in general, because I think when Lexton is over there and he's around the two of them, it's great. And I want it to be great and it's fine. And so when, when Heather sees it, she's like, oh no, they have a really great relationship. They're close. It's awesome. It's this and that. Cool. He doesn't say a damn word about him when he's here. And I have told him several, like, I've, I'll ask him, like, what did you, what did you do with Robert? What did you do with mom? Like, to get the conversation. It's just not something he ever brings up. He'll say he's really excited to see mom. He did this with mom. And I think the, the truth is kind of somewhere in between those two stories, where part of it, he probably doesn't talk about Robert around here because whether he's aware of it or not, he knows that that's kind of a gray area. But I also know that, you, you know, you can take any pretty happy 13 year old kid and plop him in a room with some adults and they're gonna they're gonna be fine he's not the kind of kid who's gonna sit there and look miserable he's gonna have the best time he can right so she sees that one side and i see this other side and you know it's hard to find the middle ground oh it's so hard you want the best for your kids you do yeah i mean in in everything i wish he could go there and have a great time with both of them and be with them independently and that would be awesome if, if for no other reason than just so I didn't have to have that stress. But it's more than that. I want, I want him to have that. Like that would, be, that would be great. It's just not how it is. Maybe it will change. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've taken the driver's test, but it's not that hard to pass. <laughs> oh, the driver's test in Utah, you actually get to use the book. <laughs> On the test? Yeah. It's an open book test? Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Wow. Yeah. Whereas in California... It's basically like taking a final exam at Harvard and they try to fuck with you on that driver's test. I almost failed it. I I, I got a, a very, very lovely DMV woman who said to me, listen, you got to you got to change that one answer. Otherwise, I got you're not getting your driver's license. Are you serious? She told yeah, you I, I failed it four times in a row. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a hard questions because they're asking you questions that only truck drivers know. Right. Like people like, who spend a ton of time on yeah, the road. Like, like yeah, like the highway patrol laws that oh, you, you had had to like memorize the book and I knew nothing. I was just guessing. She's like, you better go back and change that answer. <laughs> a driver's license would be nice. 
like a basic bare minimum of a driver's license. How old is this person, by the way? I don't know. He's somewhere between Heather and I, so 35-ish, if I had to guess. Does he have an identification card? I have no idea. Maybe. (sighs) That's a a really good question. Not sure. I I don't, I've just never, I guess I've never known anyone who doesn't have a license for a positive reason. (laughs) Um... I mean, and I have friends who live in cities where they don't know. own cars. And so, and so this is the thing is that you have friends in cities who don't own cars and they have a driver's license, right? Right. I mean, I have friends who've lived in cities without a car for like a decade and have a driver's license because, mm-hmm. and, their, and their reason is, why the hell wouldn't I have a driver's license? Right. Like, that's, that and is so my point. You don't know. And yet you have somebody who doesn't have a driver's license who's probably 35 years old is kind of a step parent to your child. Right. That is your so living reality. Yes. The only reasons to, to not have a driver's license, the list is pretty short. Most of those reasons are not good. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm not saying that that is the case, but if I'm just left to guess, I'm not going to assume it's a good reason because that doesn't seem like the cautious approach to me. <laughs> so I assume the worst and that's, you know, mm-hmm. oh. so that's kind of an issue if we're talking about issues. Issues issues and yes. a lingering one we are our, our situations are so similar and yet so very very complex and different you're facing this with him right you have this step figure in your son's life who doesn't have a driver's license and has no m- means of transport if something were to happen with, were he with your child alone you're facing a summer where you have to figure out how you're going to work while your son is at home in your care. Like you're staring that in the face. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, where I have to decide how I'm going to work while also knowing that, you know, if she's going to push for it to go in another direction, then I have to kind of replan and right figure out how that's going to look. And then I am in a situation where the step figure to my children is lovely and I don't have to worry about that at all. Although, you know, the father of my children lives 2,500 miles away. I don't have that pair of hands that could step in like you have Heather in an emergency. Right. And I'm facing a summer of being away from them and what that means. And my point is that before you take a leap into having children with someone, (laughs) you need to consider the ramifications for your life. (laughs) For forever. Forever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just nothing is ever... Nothing is cut and dry. No. I may have mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but I redesigned my site, and there are several places on my site that sh- that throw up um, related content from my archives. So I'm going back and I'm reading all of these posts that I've written over the years. And I wrote a post in 2014 about Marlo was sick all night long one night and was not going to school the following day. And I, Lita got up and got herself ready. Lita said to me, why does this morning feel so different and so easy? Like Lita actually said those words to me and she was only 10 at the time. Okay. She's like, why, why does this morning seem so easy and so different? And she's like, oh, Marlo wasn't like, Marlo's been in your bed this whole time. I'm like, yeah, Marlo wasn't in here and fighting me. Marlo wasn't here arguing about pants, arguing about socks, arguing about toothpaste, getting mad at me for brushing her hair. Marlo wasn't in here 
being awful. And Lady was like, that's right. She's like, I, there was no struggle. <laughs> I remember having the very irrational thought like the second week of Marlo's life thinking, I've ruined Lita's life. <laughs> <laughs> I've burdened her with this sister. And, you know, it was just this moment of real, like this realization, like these little choices that you make to have another child or to get into a relationship with someone have very, very, very lasting ramifications in your life. It's kind of impossible to... Like, no matter how many times you tell that to someone, it's so hard to look that far down the road. Mm-hmm. Or you think, you know, you look that far down the road and you think, yeah, but we have time to figure that piece out. But you don't. Like, you you don't. You have to consider, you have to consider that. You have to consider it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think even in the book that I wrote, It Sucked and Then I Cried, I wrote about this romantic thing about John and how our first meeting together was at this diner in Los Angeles. And I looked over a piece of like plate of bacon and buttered toast. And I looked into his eyes and realized that I wanted children with the color of his eyes. (laughs) And I have a child who looks exactly like him, who has his eyes, literally has his eyes. Like she can't see anything without her glasses. She is blind as a bat without those glasses. And I was teaching her, how to do something the other day. I'm not going to go into the details because that would invade her privacy, but I was teaching her how to do something the other day and she didn't have her glasses on. And I was like, do you need me to hand you your glasses? And she's like, I can do this. And I'm like, you're going to hurt yourself. Do you need your glasses? (laughs) And so I gave her her glasses and and I had this little moment where I thought the ramifications, she has his eyes. (laughs) You got exactly what you wanted. I got exactly what I wanted. You know, 2001, I sat there and had, I, I manifest that thought. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, it, it, again, we, we were, it comes down to like the issues with our children. I mean, we're, we're constantly trying to figure out the best way to help them navigate these waters. And for me, I'm so, I'm so lucky to have access to this therapist with them who knows their history and knows how they get along. And he's even said to me, you know, um, he said, Lita, Lita came in to him. Lita was the first. Lita went to him for a year before Marlo ever did. And he said, you know, Lita was an open book. She came in and she just opened up and talked about everything and would tell me what was frustrating her and would say, you know, that this had happened. And he said, Marlo is just completely different. He said, it is almost impossible to get her to show the slightest bit of what is going on. But he has somehow. It's working. It's expensive. Because again, my insurance does not cover it. Right. Mental health doesn't matter. Mental health doesn't matter. But that's an interesting battle. I mean, this issue, even kind of jump back to piano, like she likes it, but she doesn't like the struggle. She doesn't like the struggle. That is life. Like, I get that. But it's it's a tough hurdle to try and get over. Like most of the things you're going to find in life that you enjoy are going to be difficult. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I mean, everything, everything has its own element of difficulty and you're not going to be perfect at everything. So my mother, who has, who is, who is far more well-versed and intimate with what goes on in our day-to-day lives than anybody else, you know, my mother has said to me, I don't know how you're doing this. I don't know how you're doing this because she's like, Marlo is your brother. So apparently my brother reacted the same way. Like when, when 
these last few weeks with piano when she runs like literally the moment we sit down and she plays a wrong note she loses her mind and my mom said my brother would do the same thing he would throw his body on the ground he would throw his body against the wall he would just fall apart when anything was hard or difficult where my mentality and my mother's mentality and Lita's mentality is is this a challenge okay well I'm up for it let's do this you know can I have a baby without any medication? Yep, I'm going to do it. Can I run a marathon without having trained? Let's try and see. Right. <laughs> and Marlo is just a different kid like that. And I'm really, I'm going to have to make a decision. Do I stop this? I mean, this is a big, big deal. Because if I stop, am I going to regret it? Is she going to regret it? But then I have to weigh how much misery do we put each other through with this? I don't know. Will she be fine when she comes home? Maybe if maybe the anxiety of of the idea of leaving for so long, if we extract that, will that change things? I don't know. Right. And it's hard to say. I mean, it's like, yeah, to, to pull her out of piano in the short term would definitely make things easier between the two of you mm-hmm. because that is gone. But at the same time, there's that added element where, where Lita is is still in piano. So it's not like if if Marlo stops, then piano's out of her life. So she's still going to see not only is her sister in piano, but her sister's yes. very good at it. Exactly. And in part, she's very good because she's years ahead. It's not yes. that Marlo can't ever be good. She's just years ahead. So she can't ever escape it. And I think that what will be that's what will be the most interesting piece of this is can can the therapist and you work with her to see like just because it's a struggle doesn't mean it's bad, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Because it sounds like she still wants to. We'd had a really, really, really bad practice, and I stopped it because I was like, you're going to hurt yourself by banging your head on the keys. And she just ran downstairs to her room and was crying, and I was like, Lita, it's your turn to practice. Well, you can't escape the piano in this house. I mean, it's so small, and that piano was booming throughout the house. And we were downstairs. I walked downstairs, and I, I, I looked at her, and I said, listen to, listen to what Lita is playing. And she just looked at me, and I said, she just messed up. She just messed up again. She just messed up again. She just messed up again. All of those were wrong notes. Lita plays wrong notes all the time. It's called practicing. And I felt very motherly. (laughs) I felt very motherly saying that. You know, and she can intellectually understand that. But emotionally, it's a hurdle. And we'll figure it out at some point. Yeah. And as soon as you cross that one, there's going to be another one. Because yep. that's how it goes. That's why kids are fun. Yeah. All those all those things that people warned you about the teenage years, believe them. Because you still have to cross your hurdles. And then you got to help them get across theirs. And it's just... Lots of hurdles. So many hurdles. So really, this was an episode about hurdles more than issues. Just hurdles. Hurdles. That are nonstop. Lexton actually tried out track. I don't oh, know did. if I ever mentioned this. No. I really pushed it. I encourage... He's built... He's just tall and limmy and he's just missing the coordination piece but the he's built for it i'm like just try give it a shot so of course and i don't know why the why they did this he goes on hurdle day what of tryout week and i'm i'm like no no no. you there wasn't just hurdles he said yeah that's all we were doing well you didn't have to do hurdles he's like no if you're at practice you do the hurdles okay how did they go it's like well there were five of them and i tripped over all of them Okay, that is my experience with hurdles also. I I looked right at him and I'm like, hurdles suck. 
that is a terrible introduction to track. <laughs> so few people can do them. Like, I really think you should try it one more time. And he, he looked at me like jaw dropped. He's like, um, no. Okay. <laughs> there we go. So that's different a kind of hurdle, but also perfect the same. Way. That's a perfect way to end this episode. Oh my gosh. He went on a hurdle day? <laughs> who, who introduces a kid to track on a hurdles? Like, come on. That's like me. Like, I didn't watch R-rated movies for like 10 years and I ended that streak with Pulp Fiction. Oh my God. <laughs> oh wow. Like why don't you just ease into it? Don't just go to the hurdle day. What? Yeah. <sighs> so I've totally given up hope on that. I'm Some sorry. hurdles are not worth crossing. That's the moral. <laughs> you just don't push it. The end. And done. we would love to hear about your hurdles, your children's hurdles, hurdle day, yeah, um, real life hurdles, whatever. Real life hurdles. You can reach us at stories at manicramblings.com and anywhere on the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Manic Ramblings. We're here. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, be as diplomatic as you possibly fucking can. High road is narrow, people. <laughs> the high road is narrow. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.